Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia and with me is Mila. Hi, Mila. Hi. Today's episode is To Kill the King. Again. The synopsis is When Gwen's father, Tom, agrees to help a renegade sorcerer to turn lead into gold, he's arrested and faces certain death. There you go. They thought it was certain. (laughs) (laughs) That's also a very misleading synopsis. He doesn't agree. He doesn't know that the guy is a sorcerer. He never agreed to this. That's not true. This is no. I don't agree with that. Fake news. You know, we left last episode with me asking you to guess. You didn't have a good feeling about it, but you wanted him to live. Well, you know, he's a nice guy. I didn't want him to die, but, you know, I had a feeling that this was coming. Yeah. Well, here we go. Let's let's see how it opens up. So it's really cute in the beginning because Tom is buying Gwen things and it's really sweet and They're giving us his motivation for doing this, right? He wants to give his daughter a better life. And that's totally fair. And it's very, very sweet. And But I feel like when we see Gwen's face, she knows that he's up to something that he doesn't want to tell her because he says, I won't be home for dinner. So I feel like she's kind of a little bit worried about what's happening. And we often talk about Gwen's judgment. So imagine living with her. She's probably got a sharp eye and is like, the thing you're doing is stupid. Don't do that. And she's probably right. Yeah, her dad says that to her later in the episode. So I guess we'll get there. My notes just say, well, that escalated quickly. I mean, yeah, the whole thing happens at the forge and, you know, Arthur busts in like he does. Merlin gets out of bed gets woken up by some magicking near him. We've never seen him get woken up by magic. I mean, we've heard him get woken up by the dragon. Calling him. Yes. That's on purpose. Like, this is magic powerful enough to wake Merlin from a deep sleep. Right. And we get to see adorable late-night Gaius. I decided when I saw that, we now have an answer as to why Gaius gave Merlin the room and took the cot for himself because when Merlin goes to sleep he can do whatever the hell he wants in the house right he has the rest of the house to himself so he can be awake as late as he wants and he can read or he can do some science or he can research or really do whatever it was actually smart just because he ends up with a bigger part of the house he does and then if the kid wants to sneak out at night he has to get past him that's true that's very extra smart Let's say not that smart because Merlin always gets past him. <laughs> yeah. I love this transition that happens. It's it's great. Gwen runs in. She says, my father's been arrested for treason. And then it's the cut to Morgana. Treason? I love this transition too. It's so good. I think we'll get into it as we talk about the episode. But this episode, I don't know if you went, this director, I should have looked up their name. It's very specific. The look is very specific. I don't know if it's because of the episode or the director. There's a lot of close-ups. Lots. Soft lighting close-ups. I noticed that because there's lots of scenes that I caught myself thinking, I don't think I've ever seen your face so close. Yeah. Close-ups, extreme close-ups, not, you know, bust, you're missing forehead kind of close-ups. And they push in so tight. Sometimes soft lighting a little further feels very intimate. Other times in this episode almost gives me a psychological thriller vibe where it's a little askew, it's a little off angle, and you're very close, but you're not looking them straight on. Yes. And the lighting's a little harsher. It's very interesting. It walks a line between these intimate close-ups and these kind of uncomfortable close-ups. And that happens for every single character. Mm -hmm. I don't know of one character that didn't get a close-up, like one of the main characters on the series that didn't get a close-up in this this episode. I notice it right away, right? Because we cut to Morgana and that's the first head-on. It's not that much of a close-up, but it's really, you're filming her straight on. It's like you as the audience, you're standing right in front of her and looking at her face. Which isn't super normal. No. They don't read lines into camera. So... 
very interesting episode. The look, the feel, all of this, it's different than what's been happening. And again, I don't know if it was done on purpose for the feel of what's happening because it feels stressful sometimes because you're very close. It creates an intensity. Or if it's just the director's style. It feels to me, it gives a little bit more of a movie-like feel than like an adventures, adventure fantasy series feel. Mm. We get this Uther, Arthur, Morgana, closed door meeting kind of vibe. It's always the same dynamic. I mean, it's Morgana versus Uther and Arthur kind of in the middle, siding slightly with Morgana, but more cautious about how he talks to his father. Right. Morgana does her threat of I'll never forgive you, which is starting to be like the boy who cried wolf and storms off. I'm going to say that. Is it is it a stall what she's wearing? I think so. Yes. Gotta love this stall she lives in at night. Every time it's like a nighttime shot, you always get her wrapped up in this fur thing. And yeah, she storms out. Uther is just insane because at this point he's yelling at Arthur. But at this point, magic's not even involved. I mean, the guy's a sorcerer, so that's treason. But Tom's being accused of building weapons for gold. He's not being accused of consorting with a sorcerer as much as the treasonous act of building weapons for an enemy. Right. And I really like this scene because, well, this is the because up to here, we don't even know the guy's name. We don't know who that guy is. This is the first time that they say, hey, this is who this man is. The man ran away. We're looking for him. And here's who he is. His name is Storin. He's a lead. Then we learned that there's a lead. He's the leader of a band of renegade sorcerers. I didn't know that, that even existed. They're trying to take down the king. They should call Nimue. Honestly, they should work together. All their plans aren't working. They should all get together. But that sounds serious, right? There's like a band of sorcerers. They're always trying to take, always. We've never seen them. It's the first time that we see them, but apparently they're plotting. I will go back for a second to pondering what the hell this kingdom did before Merlin was around to counteract magic with magic, because I don't know, but hey, whatever. I mean, you're a powerful sorcerer. Why aren't you like Nimue who can just ghost into a room then? Why do you need to buy your way into I'm okay. I'm not even going to poke holes in this story. I'm going with it. Okay. We're doing it. <laughs> it's okay. You know, you can't, you can't always make everything plot hole proof. Also, I always stick up on the behalf of plot holes that are human in the sense of people don't make rational decisions. They do crazy things. That conversation's being had. Poor Arthur is just getting screamed at by his father. I mean, he tries. He tries, right? Arthur tries so hard. He said, me. This should be investigated. There's like, no, no. We see this conversation play out over and over again. Uther's freaking out. Arthur's making complete logical sense. So I'm calling into doubt something that Gaius will say later. I'm not sure. Okay, we'll see. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I agree with you. I'm already going to say this. You didn't even say it and I already agree. Yeah, because like, who's got the better judgment? (laughs) Who's got the better judgment in this scene? Morgana and Arthur, who are like 21 years old. It's just so tiring. We're back to this excuse Uther always uses is I'm the king and that's hard. Then don't be the king. I'll give you a really easy solution for this. You're just like abdicate the throne then. It's so hard. I mean, he's just, he's getting triggered left and right. But meanwhile, there's the other conversation of Gwen, Merlin, and Gaius who in one conversation, Gwen has one conversation with her dad, right? That brain trust comes together. One quick conversation between Gwen, Gaius, and Merlin. They've already figured out everything that's happened. Yep. Investigation mode, case solved. All done. Exactly. I want to point out that in that conversation with her dad, he says, I didn't want to tell you because you're cautious. I'm like, yes, for a reason. Do you see now? Do you understand? Yeah, she's about to be orphaned because you're not. She's right. But it just cracks me up that Uther's all, we're going to have this investigated. You could just go talk to the three smartest people in the kingdom. They're downstairs at the dungeons right now. They already figured out what happened. They already know. They have the solution. The end. Again, communication people. Merlin should go to Arthur right now. But 
What's interesting to me is the question of, okay, now they know what happened. Would Uther be more upset about treasonous weapon building or alchemy? Which one would upset him more? I don't even know. I don't even know what to say because to him, and we will see that later also, it doesn't matter that you didn't know that the guy was a sorcerer. If you helped him, you're done. You're going to get killed. To me, that moment later on is down to just, that's really dark. You can't just start killing people who didn't even know they gave a meal to someone who paid them for food and lodging and was a sorcerer. You're murdering them. They're they're not even magical. They didn't even know who the guy was. What is wrong with you? There's so There's so much that happens in this episode because Morgana's snooping around. She's not really snooping, but she ends up snooping. And finds a stone. Again, <laughs> Scooby Gang is basically full up to speed except for Arthur once again. <laughs> if they'd all just sit down, the five of them, they would know everything that happened. Well, you know, and that's Arthur's fault because unfortunately he has to carry out orders from his father. So everyone just ignores him and go do the other things that they have to do. Like figure this stuff out. At least she finds the stone, hides it away. And... It's interesting, this line that we get from her is, Uther only sees enemies. So much. There's so many things that Morgana says in this episode. So many things. I love it. So much. It's our first real Morgana episode. I mean, there was the, I guess there was the Nightmares one, but this is less about her and more her doing things, if that makes sense. So I want to point out something also that I like that this is, I feel like it was a little bit, Arthur's childhood, Merlin's childhood, now Morgana's childhood, because we learn a lot of her backstory also. And the only one who doesn't really have a backstory to learn, we also get in this episode. We know about Gwen's life through this episode. So this is the Gwen Morgana episode where we get kind of a glimpse into who they are, because Gwen doesn't really have a backstory except, you know, she only has her dad. Right. And you saw their life. You saw what it's like with them in the beginning. So you're right. You get a lot of backstory, right, all leading up to the season finale, right? Because it's interesting. One of the creators was talking about how it's the four of them. Like, yeah, you have Uther and Gaius as part of the main cast and like the older generation. But the story is about the legends and the legends are Arthur, Gwen, Merlin, Morgana. And he was talking about how it's all, it was a lot to put a show this big on brand new actors they get so excited to do this that he said that the concern is they're going to burn out. He was saying Anthony Head, he's done this so many times, he knows how to just chill out a bit and chill out for a second and pace himself while these, these kids are so excited that they go full strength and it's a reason to have a more Morgana-centric episode so that Katie McGrath has, you know, more work to do this episode and... You give a rest to the other actors. Right. It's done all the time, but it, the creator was talking about how important it is to do it, especially because these people are so excited that they're just going to burn out too fast because they did place a giant show on four basically new actors. Right. And that's a huge gamble. That's a huge gamble because it's so much money and it's so much work and there's so many people involved that you really have to be sure someone was really sure in their head that this was going to work. I mean, I don't know who made the final call, but A plus on the entire cast. I wouldn't change the cast. I wouldn't either. Morgana dips into Arthur's room, steals the key. I can't help but be a jerk and be like, how did you know which key? All right. I barely can tell my front door key on my own keys of three keys on my <laughs> my own. So much so that I mark my keys. Look, I thought that she was going to take the whole thing. And then she just takes one key. I was like, well, all right. I guess if you know, you know. I'm not going to really take on this. But also because all the keys in the past kind of look the same. <laughs> They're just big and metal. And I wouldn't be able to really tell them apart. Anyways. We should mention here that this time we know how they're escaping from the dungeon but you haven't seen any bradley james interviews but he likes to talk about how often people like they have the worst security in the world at camelot and people are constantly escaping from the dungeon seriously though terrible dungeons terrible security like rehire everyone yeah terrible security going in and leaving when you're not supposed to <laughs> but hey it makes it fun for us 
So can I say something about the talk between Morgana and Tom that I'm like, oh, ha, 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 you guys did this on purpose. She goes, I cannot see the future, only the present. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but you can't. Can't you, though? You can. We know that you can. Is she back in complete denial, maybe? I'm not sure. Because ever since they gaslit her, she hasn't brought it up. That's true. That could be a reason. I don't know. I just thought that this this line was like, ha, but you can't tell the future. We know that. That's hilarious. Well, sadly, I don't know if she saw this coming. Yeah. They're marching people down the street to execute them, which was very dark to just march them in front of everybody. It's insane. It's insane. It's totally unreasonable. I want to kind of punch Arthur right there for talking to Merlin like that. It's not okay. But it's funny because when Arthur talks to Merlin like that, it's because I know that he's having the internal turmoil of Merlin has poked on something that he's already thinking and he doesn't want to. Right. He's trying to suppress the thought and then Merlin brings it up and he snaps at him. Oh, yeah. It's that whole thing of like trying to avoid emotion or avoid actually recognizing what you're feeling at that exact moment. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. Things continue to escalate. There's not every other scene. Things get so much worse. Tom just bites the dust. You know, not good at escaping. Wasn't good enough to give him just a key. Like, you really need a plan to get out of there. That's what I thought, first of all. Second of all, I understand why he was not good at escaping. Because I don't think he's ever been even maybe inside the castle. Like, if I escaped from there... I would definitely be killed because I wouldn't know where to go. And there's a guard in every corner. How would you how would you be able to escape if you don't know exactly where you're going? You wouldn't. So yes, Morgana, that was poor planning on your part. Let me just tell you that. It was poor planning and now kind of that's part of Morgana now. Is the it's kind of her fault that he died. And it kind of makes me a tiny bit upset that she never tells Gwen that she gave her dad the key. Because several times during this episode, Gwen brings up that what really is going to bother her is why he tried to escape. Because he was waiting for trial the next day and he hadn't done anything wrong and she just didn't understand. And I waited the whole episode for Morgana to go and talk to Gwen and she never did and it kind of makes me a little upset. Yeah, she goes down the guilt route of now taking extreme actions from here on in. Right. Because... She could just be acting normal, but she lashes out with Uther, not just because he's the reason Tom died, but because it's her fault. I love that the magic windows, I'm going to rename this show, the magic windows, where it's always the right spot for the right person to see the right thing from their window. I love it. Look, every show has to be written so it's convenient so your characters see what's happening at the right moment. That's true. I did love that she looks out and, you know, his body's being wheeled out through the courtyard. I was like, what? It's horrible. It's horrible. Poor Gwen. It's really sad. Also, speaking of magic windows, it's also full moon. Because you see Merlin clear as day, laying in his bed, being woken up by the sound of the stone. It's just blue late daytime. In the next scene, we get a pile of lines, right? I just have line after line where it's... You too? Morgana's just giving it to Uther. She says, you rule only by the sword. For one by one, you will make enemies of us all. And only a madman hears the truth as treason. Yeah, those two last lines that you said are the lines that I have also. None of that is wrong. That's a good description of Uther. He rules by the sword. That's true. But yeah, he deserves all of those comments. Probably favorite line of the episode is, you know, only a madman hears the truth as treason. That's just a good line. It is a really good line. Good job to whoever wrote that. She nailed it. These are all really true things. And all of this is happening in these close-ups, right? And things just keep escalating. This episode is so much. Like, you think it can't escalate more than Tom dying, and then it just keeps getting more. Oh, it's so, it's, till the very end, it never stops escalating. It's like a runaway train, this episode. Seriously. Pacing-wise, it's a smart rate, because it slows down. It's not to say it's not escalating, but it slows down in a good way of, I don't even know what to say about this. Merlin is trying to comfort with comfort. He's like, how are you to... Gwen. I'm terrible. My dad just died. I that's what I was like, what kind of question is that? Oh, but he's just a kid. He's, uh, this girl's in my room and I don't her dad just died. What do I say? It's he's so sweet. He is sweet. Talk about sweet. What is this version of Arthur that walks in? Who is this person? First of all, the soft lighting and the big blue eyes, it's just lit to be very pretty. 
I also feel like it's lit and shot in a way to show him as a good king that he can be, to give you a little bit of insight for the future of him as a king. I mean, this is a heavy juxtaposition to what's happening, right? He still has to be the good guy because he's leading his awful dad's awful forces right now. But that's why it's so soft. The coloring is done the way it is. And he just looks like Prince Charming for a second because he says all the right things. He says all the right things. He says, your job is safe. Your home is forever. Whatever you need, whatever you want, just let us know. He basically puts himself at her service. Which is shocking to her. She's very in servant mode when he comes in to talk to her. And he says all those things and also acknowledges, I know that's not much. Right. I just leave that scene being like, who is this person who's completely emotionally <laughs> open? And she is genuinely very surprised because, and she recognizes that he's very different than Uther in that he, maybe he couldn't stop her father's death, but he's doing everything that he can to make sure that she is comfortable and safe. Yeah. Which she isn't because she goes home <laughs> and... This poor girl cannot catch a break. This poor woman is just trying to go home. Her father has just died. She's just trying to take some clothes off the line. Gets attacked. It's been a rough couple of days for Gwen, honestly. And this is Tarn. He wants the stone back. This poor girl does not know what you're talking about. Her dad didn't tell her anything that you were doing or else she would have stopped it. And leave her alone. Could you just ask? Do you have to scare the living daylights out of her and threaten her life? It's not fair. He doesn't come off as a good guy. No, he really doesn't. At least we get the treat of seeing Gaius next in his little like glasses mode. I've never seen Gaius like this. He's just like sitting at tables reading. <laughs> research Gaius is really good. I love research Gaius. It's adorable. And the good thing that Gaius has all these books because he's found the stone. He knows what it is, which is funny because they never really get their hands on it. Right. And also, something came to me on this episode that I never actually talked about it. Uther banned magic from the kingdom, right? He never burned any of the books, which I would expect a king to do. I bet he did. But Guys doesn't have any magic books. He has reference materials to what things are. See how he hides the book? That has actual spells. Yes. Yes. I Okay. Which I would call a grimoire. The grimoire, the spell book, right? That we hide from Uther. But all of these books are just, this is what this beast is. This is what this stone is, right? It's kind of the edge between science and witchcraft. I think he gets to keep them on just the caveat that they're just reference material. They don't have spells. Okay, I accept that. There's a reason why they hide the book, right? Because if someone sees that book, either Gaius or Merlin is getting burnt at the stake. Or both. Or both. Probably both. Probably both. Yes. I kind of skipped over the fact that Morgana gets thrown in the dungeon. Oh, yes. I thought that we talked about it. Well, because whatever, she gets thrown in there. It's not a shocker because the way Uther behaved with her the last time she stepped up to him got pretty violent. Not shocked that she ended up in the dungeon. It was just for a night. Just to like teach her a lesson. Come on. When Arthur goes in there, she looks downright crazy. That she's being shot from above, the lighting. She looks very intense and a little crazy, right? Yeah. She's definitely on the defense. She seemed a little cray-cray to me right there. I thought that she was, she's was. she been there because you never really know how many days passed, right? In this show. There's so much that happens and I lose track of the days. Or sometimes they don't show us the days. I thought that she was there for a couple of days. And then when she talks to Gwen later... We figured out that it was only a night. And I'm like, oh, come on. I mean, I guess she's like a delicate lady who's always just been in gowns and stuff. But apparently she was fighting just like a week ago. It's true. It's true. But she's completely psychopathic when he walks in there. She's like kind of muttering crazy things. And she's like, go ahead. I think it's more because of the guilt of Gwen's father dying that's been making her actually crazy than spending one night at a dungeon. He's standing there. I don't know if you noticed the way Bradley chose to stand. where He's got his hands tucked in front of him. He's not even doing a wide stance. It's just very quiet, very contained. He doesn't even reply to her. He doesn't talk to her a lot at all at first. 
No, it's like he knows the gravity of what's happening. We don't know this until she's walking out the door. He knows the conversation he just had to have to make this happen. It's not great. Right. We know how bad things are because Arthur is quiet and reserved right now. And it scares me. Because I also think that Arthur is legitimately afraid to walk and happen to Morgana if she chooses to keep this behavior going. I wonder, though, I look at him. Is this Arthur worried? So he lets her go on her way out. He tells her, I promised him you wouldn't do it again. Basically, please, I don't know if I can save you one more time. This is your one chance. I can't fix this again. And she says, you're a better man than your father. You always were. Which we all know. But she knows him the best. That's true. I have that line, too, for in my notes. It's funny, though, because she knows that. But when he came in, she was on the defensive. And it's like, he's here to let you out. Well, because I, with Arthur, is very hard. It's very hard. Some days... He's 100% a jerk and on his dad's side. And some other days, like a light comes in, the skies open up and like give him some kind of enlightenment and he decides to do the right thing. And obviously that's this whole like growth thing that he's getting to the place where he can be a king, where he is prepared. But I see, I see her hesitation because you never really know which Arthur you're going to get. I go back to what I said last episode. It's the slow process of Arthur. He always gets where all of them are morally, just slower because he has to deal with the part of him, which is a lot of him, that wants to please his dad. And I think that's what slows him down. He yelled at Merlin yesterday for bringing this up. And now he's there with them, right? He's a day behind right now. Right. I think he carries a little guilt about not stopping what happened to Tom. I think so too. Because he probably thinks he has the most power to do it. Right. And yes, I think that pleasing his dead slows him down. And obviously the entire conditioning, right? He's his dad's son. He lived with his dad the entire time. Some things get hammered in your head when you're living with your family in real life. That just takes, even though you don't 100% believe it, it's in you and you see yourself just acting towards that stuff. So I feel like with the magic and the whole thing just takes him a little bit longer to let go of this belief that has been ingrained in him since he was young and to get there and actually make the better judgment call. Yeah. The good thing is that he gets there. Yes. And even though he fights it, he has that quality that I think makes a good ruler. You listen to other people, right? Even though last episode we got a, don't you know, Merlin, I never listened to you. And he drinks the poison, right? You know, but he does. Just doesn't listen to him immediately. (laughs) He does. Eventually, he does. It's like a loading buffering. There's a buffering happening. Right. So Morgana goes to her rooms and Gwen is there. They have that really, I knew you would love this moment. This really sweet thing from Gwen of, if anything happened to you, I couldn't bear it. She loves Morgana. This must not feel good for Morgana. No. I think you can see it in her face a little bit that she's like, oh, no. And that's why I'm like, tell her now. This is your chance. And she never does. I mean, everyone's walking around this castle with secrets. Gwen's the one not walking around with secrets, right? That's true. She's the only one of them who doesn't lie to the others. See, I knew I liked her from the beginning. Uh, The dragon's included in the lying and not telling the whole truth. Bucket. I still like him. I don't care. (laughs) It's okay. You know, I love Merlin and Arthur. Arthur is pretty much honest, actually. That's true. He just lies to his dad a lot. (laughs) But he's always right when he does it. And every other thing is that he's clueless. Yeah. Like Arthur's pretty honest, not with Uther, but always for the right moral reason. That's true. I can agree with that. Right. He doesn't lie. I mean, again, Merlin's got the best morality out of all of them probably and doesn't lie because he wants to lies to not get burnt at the stake anyway there's a lot of reasons that people lie but i'm just saying right gwen is the open book of the group followed by arthur who you know is closed off but you you know who he is you know where he stands yeah as much as he knows himself the only problem with arthur is that sometimes he doesn't know where he stands sometimes it just changes his mind a lot anyway morgana's gonna take care of all this for gwen She marches off saying she's going to send the Camelot Knights. I'm like, no, you're not. Of course you're not. Who do you think you're fooling? Especially because you 
you have the stone. You're just gonna you're just gonna do it yourself. It's fine. It's okay. Poor Merlin can't ever get any sleep, Kenny. She's not even really using the stone. <laughs> I'm worried about him. It causes severe health problems not to sleep for this long. That's very true. And he has been staying awake overnight for a long time now. I don't think Merlin ever sleeps. Good thing he's fictional. So he, I guess, kind of follows the sound a bit and gets to find Morgana escaping the castle in the dead of night. Bright, bright night. And the cape is here. And Snoopy Merlin is here. The cape. What a great pair. Caped Morgana and Snoopy Merlin. What else could you want? She's running around in this like beautiful velvet cape and he's just creeping around. Amazing. He's very good at following people. He really is. There's just so many of these skewed close-ups. And when this whole thing goes down between Morgana and Tarin, Merlin's face is like, oh, no. <laughs> he really doesn't know what to do with it. I also think that Tarin's plan... It's very complicated, very human plan. It's like your magic, right? It's like, I will use magic not to kill the king. I will use magic to transform lead into gold to then get to the king's chamber and to the king himself, and then I will kill him. It's like, wow, long. we're working long-term plans here. There's no short-term. This is what I meant earlier. Like, what are you doing? What are you, how is this the plan? Why do you need gold? Can't you just like, you're a team of sorcerers. You tell me you can't storm Camelot and get into the king's chambers? He's like, no, corruption is stronger than sorcery. We know that from the real world. My goodness. I just don't understand. But fine. This is the plan. The, the actual new plan is very good. That escalated quickly. Like she got put in the dungeon for one night. She was like, I'm going to murder you. I think this hate, this well, it's been obviously building for years now. This was just a straw, right? There's lots of straws in this episode in general. There's a lot. There's a lot. Because, okay, Merlin goes back home and is a disaster. Poor, well, first of all, he hasn't slept. I would, I would literally act the same exact way that he's acting. If I was awake for the whole night and then had to do stuff the next day. If I had been sleep deprived and know that one of my good friends is about to kill the king... It probably would be the same amount of mess. How would you function? You can't function. It's not possible. But I love how Merlin in this episode, it's so funny, keeps asking the wrong question of the wrong person. And this is what I mean. He goes to the dragon. This is where it starts. So he lies to Gaius and says, I need to get to work. And his moral dilemma, he goes to the dragon. First of all, what were we just talking about in the last episode? How much do dragons sleep? Because this fucker keeps waking Merlin up in the middle of the night. <laughs> and what happens in this episode? He goes there at like, what, 7 o'clock in the morning? What's the dragon doing? <laughs> Dead asleep. He looks very cute asleep. He's like a little dog. Yeah, more adorable than awake. And Merlin is adorable because he's like... <clears throat> just clearing his throat. Hey, just yell at him. He like literally wakes you up in the middle of the night in your brain going, Merlin. If I was him, I would just be dragon. I might just throw a rock at his head. <laughs> be like, wake up. <laughs> horrible. Listen, because, okay, he goes down there and it's just one good turn deserves another. So he wakes him up and at least we get a legit good answer, right? Do nothing. How much more clear could you be? Look. And Merlin is like, look, I need your help. And the dragon's like, of course you do. But it's like, but the dragon is like, this time, will you listen to me? You didn't listen to me the last time. I told you what to do and you didn't do it. But this is where I get to the, I need your help. Someone's going to kill Uther. Okay, you're asking the wrong question of the wrong person because he's told you several times he wants Uther to die. Yes. It astounds me. That Merlin is that naive. He's just slept, sleep. I'm just going to give this up to sleep deprivation because it makes no sense. He already last time was like, I don't care if Arthur dies. And it's like, yes, you do. Here's the reason why. And he was like, okay, I guess I care. Right? <laughs> yes. Now it's like, Uther's dying. Like, yeah, awesome. Isn't that what we've been waiting for? It's like, what answer did you think you were going to get? He told you once to just let him die. I feel like he said it more than once. Why do you think that just like his mind just changed? He He's still locked in a 
incredibly deep dungeon downstairs, chained, cannot leave. He, he's not going to change his mind about this subject. Poor Merlin is hitting his head against a wall. I don't. It's not. It's a useless conversation to have because you really just don't ask someone who wants to kill somebody how you save them. You don't. <laughs> you really just don't. It's really interesting that we have Uther having dinner alone at a long table. Now we know that this is where he eats, right? This room. So let me just point something out here. Um, I was watching another series the other day with Dan and then is my husband and there was just a very long long table and there was just two people having dinner in opposite sides of the table like like miles away the other person and I really just want to go to a castle and like sit to have dinner with a person far away like this so I can see what it's like I know you do did you tell Dan about it I did good you guys can go to a castle when traveling the thing again <laughs> exactly it's like, can we just have a long, long table so we can try to have dinner really far away from each other, but at the same table? I mean, you better have salt and pepper and all the things on both sides because you're not passing shit. <laughs> and I'm not standing up either. What is, there's like a movie or a show where two people are having dinner at a long table and they're like, can you pass the salt? And the other person gets up and walks it over there. <laughs> I can't think of what it is, but it definitely happened. We're going to have to find it. Yeah. So... Morgana walks in and does her little manipulative thing she does. Because when she turns around, she's like smiling. Yeah, she's scary in this scene. I'm telling you, ever since the dungeon, she's a little cray. And we're starting to get some backstory here. Some intense backstory. You think that the most traumatic thing that's going to happen here is Tom dying 20 minutes ago in the show, and it's not. That's just the catalyst for a whole bunch of worse things to happen. Because what she's saying is pretty damning. And he looks really upset about it. It is horrible. We're basically learning that Uther is the reason why Gwen's... When, we're basically learning that Uther is the reason why Morgana's father is dead. And I don't think he killed him. I think he means what he says. I believe him in the sense of like, I didn't mean to and he was my closest friend. But you know, it's the same thing as your son didn't mean to like throw a curse in the whole kingdom. But he did it anyway. It happened. Yeah, Morgana ended up without her dad. So whether you meant to or not, uh, consequences equal. But I don't know how, I don't know what to think about on this scene. Because what she says is, you sent him into battle. You were supposed to send reinforcement and you never did. So then that is your fault because you're the one who orders this. You were the one who orders people to march. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I understand that it's like, if it's a war, you have strategy and sometimes you don't, you just like leave it. You're like, it is what it is. And we're going to go somewhere else. But if it's your best friend over there and he meant so much to you, why wouldn't you just try? I don't know. Just saying. I'm going to play devil's advocate and say what Uther would say here. Being king is hard. You have to make hard decisions broken record i think he feels badly about it i i believe so too i don't think he wanted gorlois to die but regardless of what you want to do again the consequence is equal god she's so scary she's such a good manipulator because that little smile just freaks me out i'm like oh god nightmare yeah it's scary she scares me more than uther on, on a lot of levels in these episodes so again we go to merlin who now is i don't know going to his backup moral compass which is Gaius both his moral compasses the dragon and Gaius are deeply flawed as moral compasses go because they both made terrible decisions <laughs> he's once again asking the wrong question of the wrong person I agree do you think Uther's a good king hey don't ask Gaius that of course he's gonna say yes yeah also Merlin goes I'm gonna ask the oldest thing that I know first then the second oldest after and I will move like that until I get all the answers from everyone that I know in this kingdom. He's going to go to Uther next. He's like, shit. Hey, Uther. Do you think you should die? Gaius somehow still thinks Uther is good. I don't even, I never know what to do with this whole thing. Again, I'm not even saying the writers are wrong. I'm saying the writers are creating someone who's very, a character who's very real. 
who does real person frustrating things. Hold these impossible opinions that are just stupid (laughs) with no justification or proof that they should exist. Merlin is right. Uther goes too far. He's executing people who let that guy sleep at their house. Okay, he's right. Gaius is right. Arthur is young, but I'm not sure about this whole judgment thing because does Arthur have excellent judgment? No, he messes up all the time. But does he mess up more or less than Uther with judgment calls? Right. And when Gaius Justify is saying he has brought peace and prosperity to this kingdom, I'm like, peace? I don't think that you have peace. You're being attacked all the time, first of all. You don't have peace. You have a fake sense of peace because magic was banned from the kingdom. And I asked the same question before Merlin said it, like a second later, at what cost? There probably is the piece of all the treaties he's managed, right? Like they're not at war with Cedred. They're not actively in a war with any kingdoms. But life within the kingdom is not all that peaceful. Right. Let's remember, you and Merlin keep a book under the floorboards for a reason. Well, my favorite thing that Guy says in the best argument is, it's not his job to be liked. And that I understand. But... I agree with you. I think that Arthur has way better judgment than Uther. That's very clear. Gaius is measuring his readiness for king and his judgment on some standard of perfection that doesn't exist. The only standard we're trying to meet is Uther or better. Right. That's the measuring stick, not perfect king, better or worse than Uther. I'm going to go out on a limb and say better. I will go there and agree with you like I did in the beginning of today's podcast because I knew that this is what you were going to say. I love the way they've written these characters in this moment because I love that the writers have chosen to have Merlin want to figure it out on his own. Like he's he's seeking advice, but when Guy says, just tell me what it is, basically, he says, I need to figure this out on my own. And I love the choice of what they've written for Gaius in reply, which is, I have faith in you. You always make the right decision. I, it's just, it's very reassuring, I feel like, to Marlene in that moment. And it's just very sweet. It's very sweet that even though Gaius is older and has been in the kingdom for longer and has experienced so much more than Merlin, he still trusts Merlin to make the right decision and to have the right moral compass, whatever is happening. Yeah. I think he sees Merlin. And that's so important. A lot of them have a good heart. Even Gaius has a good heart. But Merlin, unlike the rest of them, is kind of written more in a sense of being pure-hearted. Right. Because it it would benefit him to have Uther die. He must know that. The dragon has told him that a million times by now. And even by way of logic. But he cares more about the kingdom, and he cares about Arthur not losing his dad. Just in real life, also in general, I feel like I would feel the same way as him. It would be... It's very hard for him to just know something terrible is going to happen. You know where and when and who is going to do it, and you just sit and don't do anything. Well, because he likens it to when did did I agree to be a murderer, right? Right. My inaction is as good as me killing somebody or killing you, killing Uther. Yeah, which I have to agree with him. It's the same thing. I wonder if at this point Merlin has any faith in Morgana stepping back from what she's about to do. Well, he keeps a pretty close eye on her. Wherever she is, when she's walking and snooping around at night, he's always around to try to listen to what she's going to try to do. So I think that maybe he does. But she seems pretty determined to just carry this to the end. Speaking of spying, we have another magical window moment where Uther is watching Gwen and Morgana in the courtyard. She's just dangerous, isn't she? Yeah, it's a, she's a little scary in this episode. Yeah, so he does the, the high school thing you do, where you know someone's going to be in a hallway, and you have a crush on them, and you do the accidental run-in. It's like, oh, funny just you around here. So Uther does the purposeful run-in, and she's terrifying to me in this scene. Just the change in her face of, like, just being... Oh my God, very excited. I was like, yes, yes, I would like to put these feelings behind us. Like, let's do this. Like, it's all that I want. I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't like this. This loving, 
dutiful daughter act she does with him and Katie McGrath is excellent. She's excellent because it's it's hard to do this because you're playing two things at once, right? You're playing the deception and you're the actress playing the character playing the deception. Right. And oh, she's very scary. The change between her like being sad and then when he's like, oh, like I want to like make it up to you and suddenly she's like, it's all that I want in my heart. I'm like, why are you doing this? Also, because we're so used to seeing her being good. She's good. She's got a lot of goodness in her. But there's things that Uther triggers in her that that's when she gets that scary, that scary sociopathic tendency <laughs> that I see in her. She just flips on the emotion she needs to manipulate someone. Yeah. It's not real. And she's like smirking to herself. Right. It's scarier than Uther to me because, yeah, he has the power to kill people. But you know when he's mad, he's just yelling. He's yelling. There's no disguise, no deception. When he's angry, he's yelling. When he's not, he's not. Pretty simple. It is. Straightforward. With her, it's like when she's being super sweet, it's the scariest thing in the world. Yeah, that's true. Merlin breaks the streak of this episode and finally asks the right person the right question while he's looking at a magical window. He asks Gwen, who shows so much wisdom right here, right? She's kind of telling Merlin something he already knows because he sees standing back as murder. And she's like, well, that makes me as bad as him. They're very similar in this episode, right? Yes. And she's just, she's great in her saying, if he died, I would feel nothing. Like, it gives me no pleasure to see another person die. Like, it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't bring my father back. So, no, I wouldn't want him dead. I mean, you ask a question like that and then you're like, okay, I gotta go by and run out of the room. He goes, you're right. Of course you're right. I'm like, yes, of course she's right. Also, Gwen is very mature, very mature, because I feel like most people, even me sometimes, we want to like, I'll get back to you. I'll get back. You did something wrong to me. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. I'll find like a way to get back to you. And especially when you're younger, and she's just very, something huge just happened to her, and she's just very wise and mature, and saying in a way, no, I just want to move forward. Yeah. I don't want to be trapped in this. I just want to move on with my life. Very mature for how young her character is, and very much the opposite reaction of Morgana, right? Someone's done me wrong. Yes. Your karma is how you react. It's not what people do to you. It's the action you take when things like that happen. That's what you do to people is your karma. Everyone should remember that. What people do to you is their karma. It's not yours. They're very young characters. So by far, the way Gwen is written is the most mature because she literally just got orphaned. It's not something like, oh, you stole my horse. My dad just died. The dragon's like a thousand years old and he's still like, I'm going to get him. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, Morgana has a very low threshold here. It's like it was one night. Again, it's like one night and she's like, I understand it's a pile of other stuff that's driving her because she's like, basically she's had enough. Oh, but still, come on, toughen up. Because when she talks to Taran earlier, she doesn't say, now I want to kill him. She says, I've never wanted him dead more, which means she's wanted him dead before. That's true. Remember when we left off on the Mordred episode, on episode eight, something's starting to erode there, where the sweetness, she's sweet when things aren't about this. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you do when everything's dandy and things are easy for you, it doesn't really speak to your character. What really speaks to your character, a character like Gwen has a lot of character because she's displaying good morals and good character and integrity when something really awful has happened to her right when things are extremely hard like it doesn't really matter what you do when things are easy it matters what you do when things are hard morgana the second things get bad flips the crazy switch seriously though she's just yes she becomes very unreasonable and but i really feel like it's more the guilt of being responsible for the death, at least partly responsible for the death of Gwen's father, that really gets to her. So she takes 
Uther out to her father's grave. And there's a really interesting exchange between them here. Also, I will say, Merlin runs to his room, gets the staff. So glad he kept the staff. Not hiding it very well, just saying. But so let me ask you a question. Where is that staff from? Because I'm like, I'm looking at the staff and I'm like, I've seen it. It's the Avalon episode. He kills the two she people. Oh my God. And he kept it. That was smart. Good thing he kept it. He runs after Morgana. Morgana takes Uther to Gerlois's grave and his defenses are fully down. And he says some really interesting things, right? Because he's doing that that thing we talked about in the last episode about how like the subconscious takes over because you snapped. Yep. You know, I regret what I did. True. And he says, this might be my favorite because this is what I believe. He says, that's the mark of a true friend when they're talking about when you push back and disagree and tell them they're wrong. Yes, I have it here that when he's talking about Morgana's father, that he was as fearless questioning his judgment as he was fearless defending his kingdom. And that is what a true friend is, which is the funniest that he actually knows that in his head. But when it happens in real life, he gets very, very mad and he doesn't listen to anyone. Well, she does call him out on the bullshit. She's like, I did that and you threw me in the dungeon. I just, I'm like, see, you know, you know. I love these writers for writing like the most frustrating characters that we're just here screaming about into a podcast. It is frustrating, but it is also very real because there's lots of things that I know in my head <laughs> that when they happen in real life, that just goes out the window. It's very human. It's very, it's just, it hits me in a, in a harder way just because it feels very real. It feels like something that I have experienced for myself. Yeah. And with other people. Merlin is doing such a good job in the background there. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Man, he's doing all the work. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Just killing some people there. Yeah. Unfortunately, that stone totally gets in the way. He gets knocked on his butt. But Morgana, I don't know. She makes the right choice because she does love Uther. She does. And I feel when he finally recognizes, when he says to her, you challenge me as a friend, as a true friend must, or something like that, just like your father did in the past. And he also says, my temper blinds me sometimes. And I'm like, excuse me, you mean all the time? Okay, good. I thought that you meant all the time. I mean, he goes as far as to say, I can't help, hope to be the king I want to be if you're not there, right? Which is a lot. I don't even think that she really knew that she meant that much to him. Because I don't think that he truly expressed how he felt about her ever before. We're back to two episodes ago when he does the same thing with Arthur. Well, it changes her mind because she does love him. That's why she's so hurt probably, right? Someone you don't care about does something bad to you, you're probably not going to plot murder. I don't know. I'm probably never, never going to plot murder. Me neither. So you're asking the wrong question to the wrong person, Sonia, just like Merlin. I'm just like Merlin. Well, I'm not going to plot murder either. But let's say hypothetical characters not going to plot murder against someone who, like, they don't really give a shit about and slighted them. Right. She loves him and he hurt her. And that's why it's so much. But everything he says kind of wins her over. And she chooses to save him. Yeah. There's a bit of an epic fight there while Merlin, like, wakes up and is like, oops. But gets to wake up to see that everything's okay. And the most epic... I have to believe natural, to be honest. The wind is blowing their cloak and cape to this glorious, you know, background of the moors. I just, I'm in love with this whole shot and I want it to last forever. And I love this cape and I own this cape because I love this cape. It's amazing. And I feel like it is real wind because I forgot to mention this the last episode. Every time that they were outside... There was lots of wind. You could see their hair like whoosh, just pulling back. I'm like, oh, you look weird because I never see your hair out of your forehead for Merlin and Arthur. And I feel like, yeah, it was just very windy, but it just works so beautifully. You just got to catch the right angle. Also, hey, thank goodness that Morgana 
chose to do the right thing, the right thing. I'm going to put quote unquote the right thing here. Chose to like change her mind because otherwise Merlin would have been outed and God knows what would have happened. Because I believe that Uther can just go straight back to the way that he was in the two mornings ago. Well, I also feel like if Merlin, if she hadn't done the right thing, Merlin would have woken up to a dead Uther. At least his conscience would be clean that he tried and failed. That's true. Because if she hadn't done the right thing, Uther would be dead. Yeah. But he did. And Gaius is so sweet. That whole, you don't have to be so humble. I'm sorry. That was a compliment. <laughs> right. It's not a criticism. It's a compliment. Yeah, it's so sweet. I love. I also love Merlin's. Oh, you didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, just background stuff. I was like, sounds like background acting, but it is just background stuff. It was just the background of the main plot. Oh, so good. So good. He kind of has been in the background of this episode. Yeah. But I appreciate when the writers know that the real ending of every episode should be a dinner with them or just a chat with them because a lot of bad things happened in this episode and yet I feel comforted at the end. I do too. I feel happy and like safe at the end, just finishing inside their house and they're both talking. Everyone is safe. He's going to put the staff back in his room. All good. Yeah, I totally forget that poor Gwen is like alone at home with no dad. She has a really sad life. I know. At the at the end, I kind of forget about Gwen also. I was like, that's not nice. But yes, I understand that. Well, that's what I mean. This episode's like a freight train. Like Tom dying at the end of this feels like it was five episodes ago and you're still in the same 42 minutes of television. Yeah. Speaking of 42 minutes of television, next week on Merlin. It's the season finale. Guys, we made it through a whole season. I am very proud of us. I said that either last episode or a couple episodes ago. This is very exciting. I'm excited. And I only have... I have a couple things written, but I really only have one word written for the preview for next week. It's fuck. I have a few questions because every, most episodes just give me a lots of questions that I just keep asking for forever until the series answers for me. Arthur dies. What? What is going on? What? Morgana's clearly dreaming again. There's a monster. The monster kills Arthur. Where did the monster come from? I want to know all those things. This is the this is an interesting thing. Does Morgana reveal that she can see the future to Merlin? Because there's a little scene with her at the door telling him like this is just the beginning. So like, did they really talk about it like in real life, like being like, yes, I can see the future. And Nimoy's back, obviously. That's a lot of things. What I think that could happen in this end. I don't know if people are going to be like, Mila, you're insane. I haven't seen the rest of the series, guys. Don't blame me for this. This is just alternate ending that I think that could happen. And I will be happy. For the, for the season, for season one. If there are any Brits listening to us out there, this always gets me. You know, in, in the UK, seasons are series. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's like series one. But anyway. We're in America. I'm in America. Series You're not. Season one. Season one. You know. Season one. You guys one. got it. Since Nimue was the one who gave Arthur his life, and now Arthur is dead, and Uther could just make a deal with Nimue to give his life so Arthur can just, like, live again. Then it's his wife, and now it's him. Don't say anything. Don't look at me. I don't want to know. It was just... I'm not even... I'm avoiding eye contact over video. <laughs> it was just something that I was thinking about. I was like, that would be a good I I will accept that trade. You know what I mean? I guess you make everyone happy. Good writing is circular, so you're coming back to where you are. I'm gonna tell you what I wrote down when I saw the preview. Cause my notes are weirder. It says fuck. Music equals scary. <laughs> yes. Bad things. <laughs> Fear. Too many upset looks. That's what I wrote. Because <laughs> there's a lot of those like worried. <gasps> it's like soap opera looks where everyone's like looking around the room. Right. <laughs> I actually have zero idea to what is actually going to happen. But I, 
this afternoon as I was doing my notes, I just had to sit and try to like, how would I write this last episode? Look, everyone keeps telling me that Uther has to die. This is a good way that he could go in a good light and not be a terrible person or not be a very sad thing that he's like killed by somebody else that doesn't matter. So, you know, I kind of came up with that idea this afternoon. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. We'll see. We'll see you next week. I love it. Although we have said in private off the podcast that you want Uther to die. But we would both miss Anthony Head because he's a wonderful, yes. wonderful actor. That's true. When, if that happens, I will miss him because he's so good. You'll be sad. He's so good at what he does. It's funny because his character makes me mad a lot, but I still just watch it and enjoy watching his acting. Absolutely. Because that's how you and I are. We're seeing past the show and we're just like, yes. look at that acting. <laughs> <laughs> look at that acting. Look at that book. Look at that cape. <laughs> it's why we get to talk about TV together. All right, kids. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Last episode. See ya. Of the season. <laughs> <laughs> More to come after. Bye. Bye.